You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another episode of the Geek's Watch. We are here still talking about Castle Rock on Hulu, episode six. It's almost over, right? Four more episodes, I think. <laughs> I don't I feel like we're four episodes in still. <laughs> <laughs> so you have no idea what we're talking about with this it lasting a long time. No. None whatsoever. No, we, we've just barely started watching it. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, there you go. Podcast over. Steven's right. We're walking away. <laughs> no, yeah. We, we, have, uh, we are on episode six, so we, we have uh, a few episodes left to go for the season. Uh, I believe it's already been renewed for a second season. Yeah. Like before we even were talking about it. I think it was when it first came out. It was renewed. I wouldn't be surprised. This is like the prime time for Stephen King stuff being adapted. So, oh man, yeah. Even if it, if the show didn't do that well, I bet you they were just like, oh yeah, we just need to renew this. Yeah, just now we have Stephen King on the hook. Let's do it. <laughs> I feel like Stephen King gets big every twenty-seven years. Oh That's my a god! Reference. <laughs> we all got it. Connection. Way to go! I look at it now because you of feel this good show. about yourself. Um. Yeah. Hey, you should. <laughs> um, for for the listeners, I'm rubbing his shoulder, telling him he should feel better. Aww, <laughs> that's very sweet. Okay, but before that, we are going to talk about geek news of the week, like we do every week, and let's talk about two of the biggest things that happened this week: Avengers Endgame and Captain Marvel trailers. Yes. 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 <laughs> There's always like pauses right now. Uh, let's talk about the Captain Marvel trailer first because that came out first in the week. What did everybody think about it? She is super powerful. She is Agreed. very powerful. She like single handedly is flying around in space and shooting lasers and like kicking ass and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> she is unstoppable. Like, what? Like, I, I'm really curious to see what exactly it is that she can fully do and how she fits into all this and so I like that. I like that we got in it, Benny. Like, you know, these Marvel properties, if it's not the main character, they they try to keep the other characters quiet of who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they leaned into it for this one, and for Annette Benning, like everybody thought that she was going to end up playing. Um, it is Annette Benning, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. mm-hmm. uh, they she that, that she was going to be playing uh, Carol Danvers' mom. Or a senator or something like that. But it looks like she's some kind of Cree person because she's giving the exposition of, we brought you back to life. Yeah. You know, we gave, we imbued you with the powers that we have. No, we, we saved you. Yeah. So. Gave you green blood. <laughs> what, what did you think of that? I, I like that. I like that this one doesn't sound like it's going to be an origin story movie as much in that case. Yeah. It sounds like the origin already happened and we're yeah. kind of coming in in the third act. Which is good. This is like born I identity. Yeah, true, yeah, very mm-hmm. much. I didn't even think about that. Uh, 
I like origin stories though. I like origin stories. I just think we're we're too late in the game. Where now everyone's already had an origin like a decade and a half ago. So like we like if we go back to everyone's origin story every time, the problems with people not knowing when movies happen is only going to get more complicated. Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, this one is taking place in the mid '90s, so it's going to be that much more complicated. It's, it's good though. Mid '90s, from what people say, was a good time. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it was a lot of. Baggy jeans and Dude, Jinko was slap bracelets. Slap bracelets. <laughs> okay, uh, another big part of the trailer. We got to see her beat down on an old lady on a trolley car. Yeah, we or found was it a trolley car or a subway. It was, like it was, it was definitely a bus of some sort. Some kind of a train. Yeah. Some kind of mass transit. Yes. But okay. I like that everyone very was very green ready. in this one. What was green? They're very green, but they're pro. Uh, Public transportation message. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no one has their own car in this movie. No. <laughs> um, no, I like that. Obviously, everyone was right about what was going on with the lady. She was like, she was a shapeshifter, right? Um, but I just, I like seeing the rest of the stuff around it, where everyone's like, "Fuck's this lady doing on here with this with a vehicle, with a suit?" This begs the question. So this means that we have a, a scroll presence on Earth yeah. back in the nineties. Yeah, I think that's why we're doing the time pa- the time jump. Oh yeah. So, so you want, think? I guess that means. I mean, is it going to mean that there's that's uh, it's a big part of Phase Four for Marvel Studios or MCU? We're going to find out some some of the characters that we loved were actually were scrolls. Actually, that's I think that's the clear implication for seeing Jeremy Renner again. Back in the uh, Avengers trailer that mm-hmm. we're going to be coming up. Hmm, that's interesting. To I me. didn't think of that. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, you know, actually, that sets up where you can have a character get killed, and, and then it turns out that they're not the real character. Mm-hmm. That's true. So it's I very mean, true. Yeah, I a, I don't think they'll do that. I think if they did that, that'd be very bad. Agreed. But I think they could still lean into the idea of maybe that's what happened, and they're just like, no, no, she, they're they're dead. They're dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have digitally young Sam Jackson. They did a good job. Nick Fury has both eyes. Picks up. He's very friendly with the the cat. I bet you that cat claws his eye out. That's what I was going to say. Some other people were saying that too. I was like, that's, uh, I don't know. Okay, so in the comic book, the cat's name is Chewy. Obviously, as a uh, Easter egg to Huey Lewis in the news. No, not Huey, <laughs> but Chewy, as in oh. Chewbacca. So Chewy Lewis. <laughs> so her co-pilot is, you know, is her cat, or Chewbacca. So ah. the movie though changes it to Goose because of Maverick. Oh, and Top Gun. things are gonna go well for that cat. <laughs> there are other things about that cat in the comic books though. So spoilers. I'm not gonna actually say it, but if anybody goes and checks it out, let's let's name the cat Jonesy. All cats in the movie should be named Jonesy. What's that from? Alien. Ah, okay. Maybe he'll go join uh, Laika over at the, at nowhere. I don't know that. Just, yeah, I'm I'm lost in this one. Oh, that Russian cosmonaut dog. Oh, okay. okay. Was it named Laika? Isn't it? I, I didn't know this. Or is it like Cosmo? I don't know. Cosmo. Yeah, that's his name. It's Cosmo. Oh, okay. I believe. <clears throat> yeah. I believe uh, Laika must be the actual dog that they sent to space to die. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Uh, okay. Anything else about the Captain Marvel trailer that really stuck out to you? Her hair. Her hair. <laughs> <laughs> stuck straight they, out the helmet. They definitely go through all the different like versions of haircuts that 
Carol Danvers has had throughout the seasons or throughout the comic books. They all outfits apparently. Too. Yeah, and I was going to say yeah. they showed like four different looks for her in the movie, mm-hmm. which again is awesome. Like they're not going to keep those for some secret thing where some big thing happens later. It seems like the big fight scene that we see where she like gears up and she's out in space doing something can't be that big of like a crescendo for the film, which is good. You know, my, my favorite look though is her like Top Gun appearance. Mm-hmm. Cause like fighter pilot. Nice. <laughs> and then we saw more of a uh, Maria Rambeau, AKA photon as her friend who's uh, also a pilot, but is in the comic books, the mother of the character that we know as Photon, Monica Rambeau. All right, that was a lot to say. It's <laughs> <laughs> a breathe. Um, we, I think there's more evidence to Jude Law's character being a not-so-nice guy. I don't even think it's evidence. Like, they might as well have just opened up the trailer with, like, a, fi- a file folder, like a manila envelope that has, like, his, his alias name and what his character's name is. <laughs> Um, anything else? No, I think um, I'm sufficiently satisfied with this trailer, and when it comes out, I'll be like, okay, that's cool. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, I was more hype on this trailer than I was after watching the Avengers one. Really? But Avengers well, maintains me being more excited. But I think the it. Avengers one is like it's literally giving you almost nothing, so you just you don't spoil anything, and it's just enough to entice you. That's fair. I hated that about this trailer. Really? <laughs> yes. I loved it, because well, that's all I want to see now. That's all. I just needed to see, and I think the most important thing, the date. They changed the date again. Instead they, of being, they brought it up, right? Yeah, instead of being the 1st of May, it's the end of April, just like they did with uh, Infinity War. See, I, I, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I really liked the trailer. But it's such a tease, because it works so well. It just makes me want the movie to be here already. Like, I want. Uh. I was fine with waiting, <laughs> but now I'm like, you gave me scraps, <laughs> but I want more. I'm hungry. Why you do this to me? I mean, that's it's. I I don't. I just all I wanted. All I really wanted was a a, a black screen, the Avengers A, and then like a countdown clock. <laughs> to, <laughs> and then nerds could have went everywhere and been like, wait, wait. The countdown clock, if it if you it, do the it represents this. Well, if you no, turn if, these two numbers. I was just gonna say that if you if you do the timing out right, it, it goes to April instead of uh, May, and you just be like, oh, everybody would find it out that way, and that's it. That's like, fair. That would have been a cool sh- one. They should have had a a clock that's five minutes to midnight, and we're like, whoa, what's whoa. happening here? <laughs> I think DC would be like, wait a second, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> I think DC's had bigger problems right now. That's fair enough. Do you think DC has things that aren't problems right now? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, they're, I think their comic books are doing just fine. It's the DC movies that aren't yeah. doing so great. Speaking of which. Their animated movies are doing well, though. I bet that's always been the case. That's true. I can't wait for uh, Reign of Superman to come out. It's the part it's... two to the death of Superman. Mm-hmm. You know what? Any chance to see the Eradicator again is, is good enough for me. <laughs> that's what DC hopes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you about to say something? No, I was I was going to give you a clean segue over to to talk about other things, but we're leaning into the other segue. We're still going into yeah. we're still talking about the Avengers. Okay, so uh, Avengers trailer is uh, starts off with Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. He's in he's in his spaceship. I assume that's the spaceship that uh, the Guardians took to Titan. Yes, I found out that it's actually called the Benatar. That's right. It's called the Benatar because the Milano was destroyed in part two. <clears throat> Pat Benatar is the superior reference. Was it? Wait. I love Pat Benatar. Well, it was like ripped in half, and they were trying to like patch it back together. Oh, it's true. Yeah. 
So they ultimately just got a new ship. Mm-hmm. They got the Benatar in volume, volume two? No, no. The, the Milano was destroyed in Guardians 2. Right. That's what I'm saying. Because so they're the, flying away at the end of Guardians 2. I think that's the Benatar. That's the Benatar? Yes. Oh, I think I need to go back and rewatch that. Pat Benatar. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, I think if you look carefully, because uh, he's talking about how he's running out of food. Oxygen's about food to run days. out. He's uh, basically just kind of making his last like will and testament. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's somebody someday somebody will find it and on his mask. Shuts it down. Not just somebody, though. Pepper. Pepper, he's, yeah. he's hoping Pepper gets it, and um, which I have a theory about all of this, but we'll get to that in a little bit. And even though it's a few scenes removed, I think uh, Nebula is in there with him. And she has to be, right? <laughs> she yeah. was on the planet. Why and, wouldn't I mean, she? And she would be the best person to pilot the ship, since she'd be most familiar with that type of technology. Not that Tony Stark couldn't figure it out, but I mean, it just makes sense that she'd be riding around with him. And her being mostly cybernetic, she probably has ways to kind of endure that type of uh, no food, lack no of water, oxygen, and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, but not Tony Stark. But why wouldn't there be any oxygen? Like it's yeah, it's and their ship. They don't talk about having been out for that long. The amount of time that he says is not that long. Yeah. So like, what what is the event before this that makes that situation so dire? Right. Mm. So, maybe they don't have the coordinates for Earth. I don't know. Well, so there's yeah, just to yeah, go somewhere else, maybe. Um, I think one of the, the things about him holding the, the mask there and it's it's recording him and stuff, it reminds me of the... And I know it's it's an actual story in the comic books, but it reminds me of the, that first animated episode. The, episode, the first episode of the animated show, the Iron Man animated show. Which everyone watched and universally loved. Okay, well, I don't know if everybody did or not, but I'm <laughs> trying to explain it. Where he's trapped in, uh, in a, he's trapped underneath an avalanche, and uh, he's trying to power his suit back up, but and stay warm. So he has the suit kind of tell him the story of his origin story, kind of hmm. thing. Interesting way to deliver that to the people watching the right, cartoon. Exactly. Since Iron Man was kind of like on the outs. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So that's what I that's how I kind of got from that, but I thought that was interesting. Hmm. We get to see Captain America cry. It's, he's he's it, shedding a tear. It's tough out there, man. <laughs> I mean, he's just reflecting the real state of the country in general. <laughs> <laughs> he shaved his beard. Yes, he yeah, did. and he got his suit back. Oh, did he? Yes. I guess I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, it's not the worn out one with the missing star. This oh. one's actually much nicer looking. So there's a theory about that. But we can go into that in a little bit as well. Well, I was going to say, how much time do you think has passed since Infinity War? Oh, uh, well, it's been that's a couple months. That's an interesting choice of words because time apparently is going to be a factor in all of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, well, from what I've read and some of the stuff that you've seen for pictures behind this or on sets and stuff like that, it's, they're definitely going to be jumping around in time. Yeah. So the prevailing theory is that he's changing his appearance so that he can match what he looks like in certain time frames when he's going to be jumping around mm. in order to do things. Oh, are you going to talk about what the the original scuttlebutt was for what the trailer was supposed to be? Maybe. Did you hear this? What was that? So uh, one of the things on the internet before was that the trailer was actually going to be um, showing different things from the pre- scenes from the previous oh, yeah, Marvel yeah, yeah, movies. Yeah. Which, by the way, there was like a full leak, supposedly, or like a synopsis of a trailer and it was like very detailed which is usually a sign that it's probably like not 
legit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was so convincing. And it, yeah, it basically kind of like what, what you're going with is that they were going to show scenes from previous movies, but they were going to be noticeably different. And uh, that was going to tie into the whole like, oh, they're traveling through time now or through different dimensions where <laughs> things worked out differently. And that ties into the 14,605 whatever different alternate timelines that Doctor Strange saw. Mm. 521,600 minutes. Yep. That one. Wow. <laughs> Where everyone has AIDS. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, it sounds like if this is leading towards that idea that maybe we got Cap... Because uh, he's also saying that if this doesn't work, he doesn't know what else to do because, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is our last hope. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he's getting ready to do a jump in time, perhaps. And... Um, you know, so he wants to make sure that he looks the part when he gets to wherever he's going. Which, because he also looks at his compass and he has that picture of uh, Peggy on there, I think he's gonna finally get his dance. I th- I Ooh. read somewhere that that wasn't his hand; that that was Black Widow's hand. Oh, interesting. What do you so, think about so that? Maybe he left it behind. Yeah. Like if I don't make it back, at least this will be here or something. Something. Or maybe it's like it. You need a tether to bring you back to your time. Yeah, mm. that too. So, I don't, know. I don't know. He's hiding bishops in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, obviously, another part was uh, the the big reveal that Scott got himself out of the quantum realm, yeah. maybe, or someone else got him out of there. So it's some, certainly someone who we didn't see at all. Right. He just pops up, and he's like, oh, hey, you guys remember me? Uh, we met once. <laughs> I was at the airport thing. <laughs> Can you let me out? Let me in. And Cap's just like, is this recorded? Yeah. Because he's obviously on the dead list. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Ruffalo or Banner, Banner is sitting there looking at the two pictures of both Spider-Man and, and Ant-Man. And, and Shuri. And Sh- no, because Shuri, mm-hmm. Shuri survives. No, she's on there. Interesting. Yeah, because the Russo said that she survived. She's right behind Scott Lang's picture. But, she, but she's just, she's just, she'll just be presumed to be dead, maybe then. Which would yeah, be she's there's definitely something up because she's on she's she's on one of those pictures of like people that are missing or hmm. it confirmed um, snapped. Interesting. Or, well, I guess we learned the 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 it, name of the snap now. It's called de- the decimation. Yes. Which I honestly thought that, that meant that they were going to call it Avengers Decimation because X Men Decimation is a thing. That was a title of their book. Now, as a vocabulary nerd, I feel like that's wrong because decimation would mean one tenth of the universe was like <laughs> snapped out of existence oh. because of death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fair. I, mean, I don't think it's. it's a, I don't think it's a thing. Yeah, no, I mean, but, I know what the one tenth is, but I don't think that's what decimation means. Yes, it was actually, I believe, from like ancient Greek uh, to get rid of one, one tenth of something. You would get rid of one tenth of like, uh, yeah, of like troops or populations in certain areas or whatever. I mean, I get the idea is the same, but the number's incorrect. No, yeah, word, word, words change. Everyone yeah. says literally when they uh, when they, they mean, mean figuratively, figuratively yeah. now. So <laughs> there you go. And the British people say aluminium for some reason. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> they came up with the language. You think they know how to use it? <laughs> uh, okay, so you know, British people put use in words that don't need them. Yeah, so. color isn't supposed to have that in there. <laughs> color. <laughs> this has been your etymological minute. Equally <laughs> radio. And then what? So what do you think of in game? Like it's obviously they were. It was given to us in Infinity War. Yeah, Doctor Strange it ends it. Definitely was in that 
tweet that they put out. If you look, closely. I don't know. I think that's a that's still a huge stretch, especially the G. The G is not seen well, in that picture. It's a mighty coincidence then that it just happens to look like it's there if you squint. Uh, you you see an M and you see an A. That's about it. The rest of that stuff is that's is all reaching. you need. Uh, <laughs> Did you see this picture? No. <laughs> no, you guys saying this, I was just like, what? So, like, a few months back, the Russos uh, tweeted a picture or Instagrammed a picture. Uh-huh. And it was, I think it was Anthony sitting on set of uh, Infinity War. Oh, did you see, like, a little of bit Avengers. of their logo on the back of a chair No, or no. Like, or... they had set up a whole bunch of innocuous items in different shapes. And then gotcha. it, the, the caption just said, look closely or look hard or look close or something like that it's some kojima nonsense and everybody kind of was like oh no it's the title of the movie's right there and you know Endgame is obviously a possibility no one they haven't come out and said yeah that's what we were trying to do but i just feel like that would be hard to get people to agree on because then they'd be like interpreting objects and we couldn't even agree on the color of that dress a couple years ago that's (laughs) absolutely true (laughs) so uh yeah the there it was blue and black by the way a white and gold person. I was a white and gold person too. White and gold so much. I wonder what that says about us, by the way, because I've always wondered: what if no two humans see the same shade of color exactly the same? Like I d- I don't what think I we see, do. It, what yeah, I see I as blue, you might see as red, but we don't know that because we just call that shade that we exactly. see that yeah, color. That, that, that's my idea on that. Also, yeah. this is this is uh, your color psychology minute with people. <laughs> but I agree. I think that like uh, the thing that I might see as blue is just in the same place as what you see as red on the color wheel. Right. We just have it slightly rotated yep. from each other. Yep. Yeah. All right. So this is the picture on the left. And then somebody was saying, well, if you kind of put these letters... And granted, this came out several months ago. And they just released the title like yesterday or whatever it was, this week. So, I mean, I'm saying if somebody got that by accident, that was a really good guess. No, I mean... I mean... You're st- I see it, but yeah. And the one on the, on the the one on the right is is someone made that now after yeah. they no, announced it. No, no, no. That title. also came out like no around the time that the picture first came out. Somebody was like, "Oh, if you kind of trace here and here and here, <laughs> it spells out Endgame." Yeah, but where do you get the G from? For where the is dots. It there? The dots. The dots yeah. on the on the yeah. I get it. Like, but the- no, I think this is bullshit. I think that they they, <laughs> they put out a stupid image. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am mad with the Russo, brother, the Russo it, brothers. It's just stretching. The D, the the like ladder, step ladder, whatever. As the D, I'm I'm in fear. Well, it's, it's, for, <laughs> it's for it's for Delta because it's got that ah. kind of shape there. I'll take this. No. I will accept. No. It. <laughs> Done. All, all in all, I'm excited about the movie, but the trailer did not get me super stoked. It didn't add anything for me. I you know what? I think it, it just enticed me just enough. It, it, it got it so that I, I'm 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 ready and I know what the the, the release date's going to be. Mm-hmm. Also, going back to the original introduction of the trailer with Tony Stark and the thing talking to the mask, all Hamlet style. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet you he's going to get rescued by rescue. Do you that think so? She, I don't think she can make it out that far. Well, I think it, they're going to get maybe the help with uh, Captain Marvel or something, but full, I figure full I bet you she's going to be the one that comes in and be like, you know, I know you needed saving or something like that. And it could that's going to be like a big character moment. It, it could definitely be. She rescues Tony Stark. Well, I just I just don't want her to have acting roles anymore. <laughs> she sucks. Poor Gwyneth Paltrow. She's, she's not. She doesn't suck. 
She sucks. Oh, okay. She sucks at selling you products that are clearly just stickers. No, she's really good at it, apparently, <laughs> but she's a terrible person for it. Speaking of Marvel, uh, they have went on and hired a writer to script uh, their first venture into an Asian superhero, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, Master of Martial Arts, or is it Master of Kung Fu? That's the, that, that, I think, already proves how much people know this character. Yeah, Shang-Chi's not a popular character. No. Like, he's a supporting character in Iron Fist, and Iron Fist isn't even a popular character. Yeah, Iron Fist is a supporting character for other people. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's David Callaham is going to be scripting it. And I guess he was an off-brand last name. <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> I believe this is the writer that uh, they took away from Wonder Woman. Interesting. Yeah. So, hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. They're like, your writing's too good for DC. We need to like slum it a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> His recent works include co-writing with Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns in the upcoming Warner Brothers uh, sequel, Wonder, Wonder Woman 1984. So... They didn't, I mean, I guess they got him after he was done writing, not so much. I mean, well, he he could have been like a, a previous version. He was just doing revisions or something, you know? Is that him down there in that picture? That looks like a mugshot. Uh, that's not a mugshot, but it might be him. I would assume it's him. I think it's a cropped version of a photo where he's like reaching up with his arm like on a piece of wood or something. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, no, um, I don't know. I think it's it's cool that they're reaching out into characters that people don't know as well, but also feel weird about it being like this character it's just it i i mean he's a he's he's essentially bruce lee like bruce lee's fame and mm-hmm. and stardom marvel was like hey we need a character that's bruce lee so they created shang chi and cool i guess but what's he gonna be doing I, I have no idea about the character i have no so I, that could be great because that worked out great yeah. for me with guardians of the galaxy yeah that's what i was gonna say so we'll see we'll have to see um i guess he al- he's also writing uh into the spider verse 2 which oh and something for godzilla and something for godzilla the bottom of that oh paragraph. yeah yeah, yeah. He, do you do you think in the chang chi movie we Shang-Chi. might get chang chi shang shang chi i'm sorry i don't have like a little bit of your oriental I'm me. not trying to say that. I just think she's not a hard word. Yeah. You kept saying Chang with the, with the CH. It's the SH. I'm Mexican, Mitch. I can't pronounce those syllables. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, if we can move past my speech impediment. <laughs> okay. Do you think this would introduce Fing Fang Poom? Ooh. Fing Fang Poom does have, like, um, they have a whole comic for, for that right now. Yep. So... I, I don't think they will. The time might be right. I don't think they will. Get your dragon on. But it's a possibility. Because <laughs> uh, Fing Fang Poom is, a, is an alien. I mean, he's a dragon, but they, oh, they, so Marvel has, has, has said that all dragons are aliens. So he's a Namekian. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bring on Goku. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have sp- Superman? We have Goku. <laughs> <laughs> so I, he could come in at any moment now. Um. Yeah, Shang Chi. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm not gonna lose any sleep over. It. I think I'm. I'm gonna lean more heavily towards this character. Never like this movie. Never materializing and people seeing him as like a reference to a background, some like something in the background of another TV show, and someone's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, that guy was actually supposed to play him on a, on a <laughs> on, in the movie." But footnote. You know, coincidentally, there's another 
Alien Dragon. Lockheed. Jake Long, American Dragon. Falcor. <laughs> <laughs> and besides those, <laughs> King Ghidra, aka Monster oh. Zero. Okay. That is okay. A, that is an alien dragon. And he did I think work on Godzilla. Yeah. He's I think he's officially considered to be an extraterrestrial mm-hmm. titan, which I'm like really psyched for. And I can't wait for the release of the next trailer. <laughs> which at the time of this uh Well, this it would be this is this is Sunday night when this comes out, so it's gonna be Monday morning when the trailer comes out, right? Yes. I can't wait. Looks I'm a so big Godzilla fan, and I'm not excited for that. I think we're going to get... And you know, as stupid as it might sound, I'm so excited that we're going to potentially actually hear what each monster sounds like in the next trailer. <laughs> that and part I, I'll take. And I just can't wait for that for they, some reason. They just yell out their names, right? No, Pikachu! <laughs> Godzilla! Kidora! <laughs> and Godzuki! Godzuki! Oh, that was awful. Uh. <laughs> Uh, the next one is 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 uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And then I, Godzilla and then, versus Kong yeah. should be the next one. After okay. Uh, also, sticking in the MCU, sort of tangentially. Yeah. Um, uh, over in Brazil, they had their Comic Con experience this week, and they were we were told that we were supposed to get a world debut of Spider Man Far From Home trailer. Also, hmm. we did not. They got to see it there, though. So if you want to go online, you can go and read people that describing what the, was shown in the trailer. I have not going to do that because I'd rather just see the trailer. Did people not get some kind of like a like pirate version with version? a phone or something? I didn't go looking for it. I well, assume it someone, someone did. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like still, someone still has a smartphone somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but we did get to see some photos from their uh, like. Uh, gallery over there of two of the suits that we will see in spider-man far from home one is the black and red suit that we already saw on mm-hmm. jimmy kimmel kind of gets a little bit closer look on it and then the other one is a more i mean it looks like a splinter cell spider-man noir suit it looks like 100 percent a spider-man noir visual minus the hat and, and minus the the coat yeah yeah he looks to be like a combination between like cronin from hellboy Oh, and, I see that. Okay. And the, Especially with the little circle over there on the breast. Yeah. And the gimp from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> okay, that went far. <laughs> that went too far. Do you think this is supposed to be like a shield suit or something? I think it's going to be a suit that Nick Fury gives to him. It's just so weird. Why, like, why the paneling on the sides on top of everything else? Yeah, I don't know. Looks like armor. I hope that this is just the undersuit for spider armor. Oh, oh shit! Which spider armor? The uh, like the, the, the metal, metal one? looking one. Yeah, Not you the... brought me back in. I'm here for it. High five! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this suit now. He's gonna have those concussive uh, wet balls. I mean, he I already has. He already has the red armor one that Tony Stark made. Spider for. armor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's only like for that time frame. He's gonna move past that because then he's gonna have a falling out with. I mean, it could also look like the one that makes him disappear that he created. I mean, it doesn't really look like that one because that one has like the green lines. It's black and has green lines and stuff. But Do you think they'll go into him having a camouflage thing? Or do you think they're just going to keep that as like a thing for Miles? Well, I mean, in the comic books, he, 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 it's, not, it's, a, it's not a natural power. It's a power that he created. Well, I just mean in general because like it'd be weird if they just started like bringing in like the similarity things. It's no. like a big deal. They, they probably, you probably won't see that in the movie, no. What if no this was a backdoor for Agent Venom? 
Ooh. That I could get behind that. That <coughs> we was, just, that we was didn't see the bottom idea. half of that. We did not. That suit and that. Yeah. Could mm-hmm. be just some some Jinko like cargo pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, jumping on to the other side, DC Films, Warner Brothers is already in talks because of how well-received the early showings have been of Aquaman. That they're they're going to be doing an Aquaman 2. And they need this so bad. Well, they need it to be good, <laughs> but we'll see, right? Yeah. And they're not being shy about showing the that uh, more trident. classic look now. Oh, yeah. They're definitely getting people on board with that the classic look of uh, Aquaman with the, the orange fish mail i'm very curious about how that movie's going to go but if i see it and i it's a hard if it'll be like a month and a half into its run probably yeah not gonna go out opening night no i'll be there opening night i'll drag you oh, shit. <laughs> i should have said anything guys <laughs> uh and oh, then i'll oh, be there if that makes you feel better okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> over on birds of prey uh margot robbie was on jimmy fallon early in the week she said that the, the the reason the title is what it is, Birds of Prey or the Fantabulous Emancipation, or the Emancipation of the Fantabulous Harley Quinn. Mm. Uh, the reason it's that is because the movie's not going to be very serious. She's literally said, came out and said that. I mean, we know it's going to be rated R. I guess just expect a hard R comedy. Did anyone think that it was going to be serious? I I think that Birds of Prey actually leads itself leads itself to being a serious movie. I mean, sort of Suicide Squad though. Like if That's anyone had true said you were too. going to adapt You're right, movie yeah. to a comedy, yeah. I so, think they found their 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 space where people somehow still go see their movies. Well, I think this is what they think that Marvel does <clears throat> is the we can do campy bullshit, and it's like no, they're not really campy. I mean, it is colorful. Yeah, and there are jokes, but I think most of the storylines in all the Marvel movies are pretty serious. Even in Guardians of the Galaxy, which is probably their most funny one property, stuff, serious stuff still happens. Seri- lots of serious stuff's happened. A lot and of serious were, issues are tackled. Was there Ragnarok really like to me is funnier than the Guardians movies. Yeah, yeah but the it Thor franchise movie. or Thor series in general oh. is more serious than the Guardians of the Galaxy series. Yeah. Is funny. is Thor a solid? comparison or like corollary to the dc universe the first two movies were like it's very serious over here it's very dark <laughs> and then like the, the new one was just like no everything you guys saw before i know you didn't like it i'm sorry here I, yeah i think you're absolutely right that that thor thor franchise is the exact same model as what dc is doing at this moment yeah for their whole studio <laughs> yeah but for their whole studio exactly and I understand it because, like, Thor, the comic books read more like how the first Thor goes and mm-hmm. the second Thor. But people won't win for that. You know, they just want, they wanted something else from Thor. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, and this is just an opinion, but I was looking at some stuff the other day, uh, kind of retrospective, um, on the Poison Ivy film franchise from the 90s. And, um, you mean like from. Batman and, and Robin? No, like from like oh. C- Cinemax. <laughs> oh, that Poison Ivy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I thought to With myself... Alyssa Milano. Uh, no, I don't think she was Drew Barrymore was in the first one, Alyssa Milano was in the second one. Ah. Well, I'm thinking of the ones that were direct-to-video that had uh, oh. Jamie Presley. Okay. And I thought to myself, hey, Jamie Presley was like last generation's Margot Robbie. True. Like she she could have been uh, like Harley Quinn in the 90s. I, I could see that. I mm. could see her playing Harley Quinn. Yeah, I was like, oh, 
Good times. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching a lot of those movies scrambled. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, Birds of Prey, I, I am so, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed because I haven't seen the movie yet, but like, Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya, not happy about that. Um, I'm going to be at the theater and I'm going to drag you to it. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you didn't like that at all. Last thing, <laughs> last thing is uh, Plastic Man. They have hired a writer to write the Plastic Man movie over there. Is it Diablo Cody? It is not Diablo Cody. <laughs> Why would you do... Plastic Man is one of my favorite characters of the DC Universe. <laughs> and you're going to put one of the writers that I hate the most on the character. And, Why would you do it, that? And Jonah Hill will star as Plastic <laughs> Man. <laughs> Look at that chin right there. That's Jonah Hill's I chin. I would burn the place down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this screenwriter is uh, Amanda Idoko. I-D-O-K-O. I don't know who that is. I don't either. Does it say it in the previous work? Uh, hired, no. It hmm. does not. I imagine it's out there somewhere, but it doesn't say it in this particular article that I'm looking at. Well, one of the things that we talked about for it is that the perfect fan casting has happened <laughs> by the actor themselves, and it needs to happen. And it's Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz would John be Ralph perfect Hill. as Plastic Man. It would be so good. <laughs> he wants it. He's wanted it for years. And now I think he's prime. He's in a good spot where he's like done acting stuff. Now he's doing a little more voice acting. Mm-hmm. This is like the classic arc for when a person suddenly emerges in a blockbuster film. What is he on right now? He, well, he's doing DuckTales. He is doing DuckTales. He's, I think he's on something that I'm watching. I can't remember what it is. But, I mean, obviously, Parks and Rec was a big big role for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, to get him to to be Plastic Man, uh, Eel O'Brien, that would just be amazing. It would be super cool. And then you got you to gotta get, uh, what's, his, what's the, the, the guy from Stranger Things? Steve? Which is it? Is it Steve? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve. Uh, Steve Harrington is the, Steve the character. Harrington. Yeah, yeah. But I forget the actor's name yeah, right I don't now. The, but you got to get him in there to, to play, to his play son. the younger one. <laughs> to, to play him when he's younger or something. Oh yeah, you can do that. To so play. good. Oh man. Uh, just get super meta on it, the whole thing, dude. But they, they should just go everywhere together. I mean, come on. <laughs> that would be Joe Kiri. Thank Joe Kiri, that's right. Did you look up what Amanda Idoko has done before? Uh, I was trying to find that, and I. Don't see anything. Yeah, it just says, <laughs> I think it just says up and coming uh, writer. It says, uh, up and coming screenwriter Amanda Odoko has been hired to pen the script for what will be a comedic action venture for Warner Brothers. Bob Shea, the former co founder of New Line uh, turned producer, will executive produce. So, why, why former co founder of He's still co founder. That's true. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Is there more weight to that than well, what we know? Or New something? Line got absorbed into. Something else. Is it Warner know. Brothers? Might have been Warner Brothers. It makes sense for them to still be there then. Yeah. So but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just think the the movie is set to be a great thing. Plastic Man is a character who's like untapped. It's it's some people's favorite, but not everyone's favorite. It's not right. a Wolverine. It's not something like that. And then it will it will lead to it will lend uh, to the comedy and the mm-hmm. seriousness. I just don't. I I just hope that the. And, and DC has not done well with this yet, but I hope that they get the CG right by that time that they want to make the movie. Because the last time we saw a stretchy man was uh, Fantastic, Four. Fantastic Four, and that that looked Good. horrible. Yeah, uh, I mean we see it every week on the Flash right now with uh, Elongated Man. 
I've been watching the Flash. It, it's 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 okay. It's very much the best that you could probably do for TV. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if they're gonna do because literally, the what Plastic Man can do with his body is unlimited. He yeah. can grow in size. He can become anything. He can he can become any shape. He can become <clears throat> as thin as he wants. He can become the floor. He can cr- he could become a computer like if he wanted. <laughs> it's the weirdest shit. He's Plastic Man. <laughs> He's Plastic Man. Get James Cameron to bring some of his T one thousand tech over for Plastic Man. There oh you my go. God. That would that would not be bad. I'd like to see him like skewer somebody through the eye. <laughs> terrifying. If, where's Where's John Connor? <laughs> plastic Man with the glasses. <laughs> Have you seen this boy? <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about Halo series over at Showtime real quick. Oh. It's lost its director, uh, Rupert Wyatt. I don't know. Is it, I mean, this is we, we had some information about that show a couple weeks ago too, didn't yeah, we? Someone else jump off the ship? It's like the fates are just conspiring against making this happen because yeah, 343 Studios is just going to mess it up probably. I, do you think, do you, do you think, would you, you as a fan of Halo, would you rather see a movie or would you rather see a long form TV show? Well, that's TV a tough show's one. Better. TV show would be great because there's a lot, a lot of lore. What I would like to see is kind of what the originally, like when the first three games came out, the games were very action centric and they, they had little bits of plot but not a lot like you couldn't get the story it was more just it was gameplay over lore in the games not until the third one you get like huge like data dumps of information uh, but even then you could totally skip them and like you wouldn't even know they were there um, but the books which would come out like between the games filled in a lot of the world and they were more slow paced they didn't have quite as much action, but they were very detailed, very informative, had a lot of insights into things. And there's a lot of reference to stuff in the games that you wouldn't know unless you read the books. And it, you don't need it, but when you see it, it's like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I recognize this or I remember this or I know how this relates to things. I feel like that's how the movies and show should be. They should be two. There should be like action-packed movies and then there should be the long-form companion show where you deal with like you don't have to worry that much about special effects because it's more plot driven more character oriented there's a lot more like information and data dumps but then you have the movies that directly relate to but aren't they could still be their own thing kind of like what i'm assuming they're going to do with the walking dead at some point that they're going to release those three different movies those three movies are probably going to be like an entire season's worth each of Mm -hmm. like budget and what you can do with them. Right. So I feel like that's what you should do. Uh, but that takes an insane amount of money. And I really think that, like, I mean, honestly, Halo is past its prime. Like, the, with the last entry and the Halo Infinite really kind of keeping some people really cautious about it, mm-hmm. the quality of it. Um, I mean, it, 10 years ago would have been the best time to, to have something, like uh, any kind of Halo project going. And the few that they have brought out, Forward Unto Dawn was great. Forward Unto Dawn was cool, but it was low budget. Yeah, um, it felt it, but I thought it was so good, though. The fa- it was good. See, that shows that it has potential. Mm-hmm. It just needs to have the budget to back up the scope because Halo is huge. It's like galaxy spanning. Mm-hmm. Then you have uh, The Fall of Reach, which was animated, mm-hmm. which is still good, but even by animation standards, it was kind of like simple animation. It was like 
computer generated still and, images and low almost. texture yes yeah so it was just very simplified you can tell that they just kind of like pushed it out it was still great because it adapted one of the best books in the series the fall of reach um but uh yeah like then there was the halo animated uh shorts it was kind of like the animatrix mm. um that one was just like a like a series of short films that all take place within the halo universe um i think master chief is only in like two of them though directly and all the others it's more like just else world type stories that take place in the in the universe right. or whatever um and there's just really really cool stuff you can do with the property it's a really rich world there's a lot of lore in there there's just the problem is that there's so much and it's so grand scale that it's really hard to tell like a budget conscious story within that because then you don't really do it justice if you focus on just a small aspect of it mm -hmm. i think the best way to do it if you could is do it like that have a, a long form you know like bingeable sitcom that's like 10 episodes long and then have like a one and a half to maybe two hour movie that's like practically non-stop action like i don't know like mad max fury road style where it's just constantly moving that's what I think would be pretty awesome. But that's because I'm also a huge Halo fanboy. All right. It'd well, be cool to see explorations. Yeah. I, I, I have no skin in the game, so I didn't <laughs> know anything about it. But I, I don't think that any I don't think the show is gonna be happening at showtime anytime soon. Yeah. I mean like it's I said, never going been, to happen. Oh. They've been trying to get stuff. I mean, ever since the, the movie was announced back in like two thousand six with uh Neil Blomkamp. Right. And then that disintegrated and the halo script that they kept shopping around all over hollywood and then it almost got made and then it they pulled the plug before pro like before production started and yeah it's just really disappointing i think stop putting ridley scott on things but you know what i'd rather they don't do it than fuck it up so there you go there's, that's there's that <laughs> that's fair all right, let's talk about some video games. Yeah. All right, so we have a tweet from a production assistant on WB Montreal mm -hmm. that was where it was like her birthday, and she they had made her a shirt, and the shirt had a picture of what everybody's assuming is the core vowels. Yeah. So crew, crew shirts should never be seen until after. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, everyone thought that there was going to be during the game awards they thought they were going to see something actually related to this game right um but we got this i believe ahead of that like, yeah this it was earlier in the week much earlier in the week um but yeah we, we didn't see anything for it and cordovels is a super awesome storyline that should be adapted into a lot of things it definitely lends itself to being a a, a video game yeah because you're doing 100 percent assassination stuff right so i'm i'm super curious uh it's interesting that they're getting they're putting the team on it that they are um I think a lot of people on in the internet are going to be super grumpy butts about the fact that it's not. Um, oh my god, I dropped their name. Uh, oh, it's not uh, Rocksteady. Yeah, thank you. Right, um, it's not Rocksteady because everyone just has the biggest heart on for Rocksteady. <laughs> they make I mean, good games, but calm down. I I I played Arkham Asylum and I loved it. I mm -hmm. played it all the way through. I played Arkham City, got to a certain point, and I was and I just didn't finish the game. Mm -hmm. Never played you, Origin and you, never played Night. You played the VR game. And I that played the them? VR game mm -hmm. that, which, that was also our Rocks Today, I assume, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I can't, I can't say that I don't like the, or I can't say that I don't, yeah, don't like their game. But. It's not that they do anything bad. It's just like they didn't even include WB Montreal's game in the re-release of the other Arkham games that they put out. Uh, 
and it's a good game. Like, I, I don't know. I think that they're going to do a good job and people should be excited for this game regardless. But it's going to get some needless hate just because of the studio that's doing it. Mm. Well, yeah, I, if, if they do a, a, a Court of Owls game, I'm going to be right there to buy it. Dude, and, we, we can play put, it together. Put it on my shelf and not play it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there at the, the uh, game I'm going to take you with me. <laughs> just find the time to do it. You know what? If I had the time, there are so many video games. I buy video games and they just literally are probably still shrunk wrap and sitting on my shelf. You have to plan to stream them and then you'll play them. Yeah. I, it's for content. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but I need to find moments to sleep, though. That's the problem. No, you just develop a cocaine addiction. Ah, there we go. There's that extra eight hours in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 was announced with a trailer at the Game Awards. This was a massive shock. No, when when this first started playing, it was like, oh, cool! Like the, the like the visuals look like it's going to be an Ultimate Alliance because of seeing all the different characters that were in it. Um, but then they finally like they showed the end of it, and everyone was just like, it only said Switch, and then it said exclusive to Switch, and everyone just lost it because there's there's that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't understand. Guess I have to get a Switch now, right? I mean, shouldn't you have already got? Do you not? Aren't you a big Zelda fan? I am you, a big Zelda you, fan. You can play Breath of the Wild on... Uh, oh, you can play on your Wii U? Uh-huh. Oh. Did you have a Wii U? No, I did not. Yeah, so you didn't <laughs> play Breath of the Wild. And actually, my Wii that I had was actually a hand-me-down from my nephews from when they upgraded to a PS4. They were like, we don't need this anymore. This is for kids. <laughs> See this nonsense? Here, take this. Go play Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, I mean, I that's... I only wanted to get get one, and that's like in the slightest because I didn't really want to get one. But if I wanted to get get one, it would be to play Breath of the Wild. Now there's another game that I would be interested in playing, but I'm probably still not going to get one. It 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 was interesting because the I forget who the studio is that's doing it right now, but um, it's a it's a different team than did the Ultimate Alliance stuff previously. Really, um, it's not Capcom. Oh, but it's a different team inside Capcom. Yeah, yeah, like the actual, the actual devs for right. it. Um, it still looks good and everything, but at the same time, I don't know. It's it, there's nothing that was like exciting other than the fact that it is Ultimate Alliance, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Interesting one though. Uh, Nintendo pulled some good stuff. They they also got a Persona character into Smash, and and it, like not as a fighting character, but as an, like another role in one of their new systems they put in there. And Persona's not on the Switch. What's Persona? Um, Persona is like a Japanese is a Japanese RPG um, franchise that people love. If you like it, you fucking love it. So has that uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Has that came out yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it came out the, the end of this last week, right? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Was there any other surprises on that game? Uh, not right now. No. Everyone's still grumpy that they have to unlock characters, <laughs> but you have to play through like a campaign, <laughs> a single player, which. Like, apparently, it was way more robust than they realized it was going to be. Like, oh, crap, you got to do a lot of extra work here. Yeah. So, so with uh, earlier this week, when, you know, that one trailer that showed uh, Negan is part of Tekken now. Yeah, that like, well, that that one's been around for a while. They announced it. They just didn't show They just didn't show it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was like, what if you put Negan in Smash Brothers? Damn. <laughs> That'd be a pretty interesting <laughs> ad. His final Smash, he just... Knocks an eyeball out of a <laughs> character. 
Like that's that was one thing that, about the reveal or not the reveal, but the the trailer that they had with the Negan stuff. It's like it literally was just the episode that they showed Negan for the first time, but with Tekken characters there instead. And I didn't I, know this. I yeah, they this. just redid the whole scene of him killing. Spoiler, killing uh, Glenn, Glenn's uh-huh. character, and beating up um, Daryl's character, but they replaced it with a uh, different Tekken like character. King or someone? Yeah, who? It was. I think Paul. I think it was Paul. Oh no, they killed Paul. I, I think, think it so. was Paul and Brian and Fury. I think were the two that they, he beat. <laughs> Is that up. what it was? I think so. Okay. It's it's a really interesting choice to leave in on. <laughs> like, they didn't need to have Negan. They didn't need to have him kill people like that. It was yeah. No kidding. So. But also interesting. It was so weird and like just strange looking that I loved it. And I haven't played Tekken since like Tekken 4. This is like Tekken 7? Yeah, there's something It's, it's like Tekken 7 Season 2, something like that, right? Uh, are they going to Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. Final chapter They're remix? doing some kind of weird stuff. Cause, yeah, I haven't played since 4 also. Mm. So it's, it is it is interesting. Hmm. Speaking now, of strange. Yeah. Was this game also a trailer at the Game Awards or is this just came out separate? Uh, it got announced there. Um, like the, the Duffer Brothers came out. Um, they had the Russos and the Duffer Brothers over there. It was interesting. So this is Stranger Things <laughs> three, the, the game. game. So this is a game based off of season three, or is there are there two other Stranger Things games that I don't know about? Uh, there's the one that's the mobile game that I know of. Okay. Um, that but that's the only other game that I know of. I think this is Stranger Things three, a season prequel thing maybe. Ah. But nothing that I saw in the visual content of the trailer they put out made me think like. I'm gonna need to play this to get details. <laughs> yeah, this, three. this looks like it's only tangentially related to the show. I mean, that's kind of what you want, though, right? I don't want to have to go play this game if I wanted more information about what's happening in season three. No, but like, I also don't want it so far removed that I'm like, why am I playing this? Yeah. Also, they didn't need to call it Stranger Things three if it wasn't going to be related, but yeah. like, they did. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's some kind of like maybe there is some kind of like Easter egg that there's will, gonna have to be. I'm sure there's gonna be some Easter eggs in there that tie in. Like okay, I think the greatest example, and I think we've talked about it a few other times on this podcast, is the Enter the Matrix video game. Like I think that was the perfect video game to be tied in with the movie because it's it has so many tie-ins with the movie, but you don't need to play the game to to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Actually, I would disagree that playing the game would give you way more insight into what happens in some parts of the movie. Like, yeah, but I don't think it's stuff that you would need to know. You know what though? I I would argue that. I would say that I mean if you don't watch if you don't play the game and you don't know anything about it and you watch the movie, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like whatever, you know, like oh, okay, so this is the Oracle now. She has one throwaway line that she says, well, she came back, but she's different now. Right. <laughs> well, the game actually goes into detail about that and explains it like to the point where it's like wow, I'm so glad I played this game because this makes a lot of sense and I can explain it to other people. And they're like, how the hell do you know this? And I'm like, well, because I played the game. Uh, see, the way I'm I, a genius. The uh, way I would explain is that, oh, unfortunately, the actress that was played <laughs> her died. But, I mean, they still found a clever way to kind of work around it that made sense in-universe. And But you wouldn't really get that unless you played the... Yeah, but the throwaway line is, is was enough to, to get it, don't... Don't you think? It, it wasn't enough, though. All right, all right. There was just so much more cool stuff. There was so much more cool stuff with the Merovingian and like stuff that happened at his mansion. I think the cool stuff is that you got to vote, you got to play as ghosts, like, and you got to see more stories as ghosts. Like that, that yeah. character was fucking awesome. You got awesome. to see his relationship with Trinity, like what that was like, yeah. and 
Um, and more about the Keymaster and about how key he got master. into that room. That was one thing I really, really loved is that when they put him in that room, it's empty. But yeah. when you when you save him in the in the movie it's full with keys like he's just been sitting there working on keys he's just doing what he does <laughs> making keys uh but stranger things three <laughs> it's been your matrix hopefully is <laughs> hopefully it's not the same as a uh, ghostbusters three like the video game like because that's the actual sequel yeah and Anyways. now I, no this one um it just seems like it's going to be a fun time like even looking at the the visuals for the sprites and stuff, like they look like Z-Boyd sprites. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what was it that I said earlier for what it looks like? It looks like the old Fallout game style of gameplay, but passed through Strangers or um, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like I think that it's just going to be that's a fun a classic time. game too. Yeah, it's a good game. And it's yeah. also going to be on all consoles. Yeah. So I assume it's going to be like a downloadable game, right? Oh yeah, there's no there's there's no physical edition for this game that ever happens. Well, you should you should be able to download it and then they send you a cartridge like in the mail. Like Jeez, that, that, that does that, nothing. That, that's happening more and more now. I, Pe- people are releasing well, games that are playable on like the SNES. Nice. It's cool. The um I mean, this is all 16-bit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the yeah, the the release of the the DVD seasons on DVD always look like they're in a worn out like VHS tape. Yeah, yeah, that's what and it is. I love it. They just released a book too, um, like Tales from the Underground or something like that. Um, the official companion to uh, seasons one and two, and it it is made to look like a beat up library book. Mm. Like it's got the clear binding and the kind of the worn pages, and uh, like markings in some of the pages and everything. Mm. It looks really cool. And like that goes along with the whole aesthetic, so mm-hmm. it would make sense to have something that looks like an old Atari cartridge. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Oh, and it happens to like if it's actually functional, it actually has like way more storage than the game back then would probably ever have anyway. Or, or like it's like a, like a USB flash drive somewhere yeah. on it. You put something extra. I don't know about that book. I'm gonna have to go find this book now. Oh yeah, I have a picture of it. This is really awesome. This book. So. We talked about it a couple times with the other stuff, but the actual Game Awards happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, all in all, um, a good event. Some interesting stuff happened. Um, but I think that the the most surprising part of it to me is the thing we're about to talk about. Which was? Uh, God of War won Game of the Year. That is interesting. I mean, when it came out, all that's all I heard about was people talking about that game. But I thought for <laughs> sure, uh, which I don't own... Sp- the Spider-Man game, but uh, you know everybody was talking about that was probably going to end up winning. It was a g- another really good year for video games. Like we've had like three or four years. Also, Barnes and Noble. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, but no, like this has been like another good year. Like we've had like a good solid three years of like I don't know which game is going to be game of the year. Uh, and this this God of God of War one like again it ha- came out in like April I believe. Um, and throughout the entire year, it was everyone's game of the year mm. up until I think people started talking about Red Dead. Uh, and then early on in the awards show, Red Dead was just taking everything to the point where everyone was just joking like, oh, like, and best, like best soundtrack of the year goes to this game. Best indie game of the year goes to Red Dead. <laughs> you know, like Red Dead was just going to sweep the whole thing. Um, but God of War, like beat, like beat the curse of having come out early, early in the, the year, year for any award show. And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. So Did Fallout seventy six win anything? Yeah. No. Um. I, I. 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 You know. I think that maybe they they won something, but then like they got told about it, and then when it finally got to them in the mail, it wasn't actually like the award that they were promised. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been what happened. <laughs> I kind of got that reference. <laughs> 
but yeah, no, um, the, the, it was it was a cool it was a cool show to see the, the awards that got won. Um, the Messenger got stuff. Celeste got things. Red Dead took a lot of stuff. It was I think people got things they deserved. So would you agree that uh, God of War should have won? God of War is not the game for me. I'm playing through it for my second attempt right now. Okay. Um, I really like it, but it feels like a chore to play at times. Mm. But I think that the games that typically feel like a chore to play are the things that win game of the year. Typically. Would you have gone with uh, like red dead or Spider-Man or something like that? Spider-Man would be more likely to to me uh, to be the one that I would go for because I think it's a good time. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it celebrates itself more than I think the other things do. Um, also one of the cool things for God of War, um, I think it should win some kind of presentation award just in general um, because the whole game is one shot. There's no camera turns or anything or camera cuts. Oh, wow. The entire game, even including the menu for the game, one camera shot. Wow. Yeah. So they, really cool. they, they, No cuts, huh? No That's cuts. the Scorsese of video games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So that is all the news that we have time to talk about we actually didn't have the time we we went over as (laughs) as normal you don't say you don't say so let's get into castle rock season two episode six filter what did we learn in this episode we learned that fucking bill skarsgård is a creepy motherfucker yeah yeah so uh, we learned that you drop him off at uh, the psychiatric ward and Juniper he Hill just comes back. <laughs> He's like that cat <laughs> in, that, in that nursery rhyme. But yeah, we uh, Henry thinks that he's done with him because he's gone to he's going to drop him off at the uh, mental hospital. And they're like, hey, you know, it, crows have been falling out of the sky around here. Third time this week. <laughs> Third time this week. And then... Uh, so I think this is the one of the things that the show is has a problem with, and you you mentioned it last week, is that we don't see the interesting stuff that happens. So we don't see, we only get to hear in a radio like news of flash that uh, six people are dead at Juniper Hill, uh, a sane asylum, and uh, the place is on fire at the moment. They they've been doing the radio thing. A lot. A lot. In the last like three episodes. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like at this point you have to we have to someone has to go to the radio station. Yeah. Like <laughs> who the fuck it, is this guy? It's like fucking uh Chekhov's gun. Like you've been introducing <laughs> it way too much for us not to go to the actual radio station at some point. It's it's an issue, man. <laughs> uh and then he gets back to the Deaver household and uh, you know, even uh the mother Deaver, uh, I don't remember her first name. Rose? Ma- Joan? Rose sounds right, but I don't know if it is. So what? She? What's his face? Uh, he says it the a lot. Sheriff, <laughs> yeah, he yells it out when he runs back into the house. I think it was Rose. Was it Rose? Yeah, it sounds uh, like it. She saw the kid mm-hmm. in a suit. We were assuming that it was one of... Hen- uh, Henry's father's suits. I, I assumed that it was just some like goodwill pick or something. Oh, but I think that. that's oh, I think Ruth. it is indeed Ruth. Ruth. So. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, it apparently is one of his dad's, his uh, adopted dad's suits. It was because she. Well, because that's yeah. Because like she looks at him. She says she says something about you know the dead coming back and her father or his her husband or whatever and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, then he comes back from this insane asylum, comes through the front door or the side door after she's dropped her pills, and uh, 
they kind of look at each other. Next thing we know, the next time we see it, he's out front, blood is running down his arm, and the place is trashed. Yeah, and we don't know what happened. We have no idea, because that, once again, is just something that happened off camera. Well, Mm -hmm. and we're jumping around a lot, because the way that this episode was parsed out, like, something happens with a certain character, then we don't see them for a while, and then by the time we see them again, like, it's a completely different scenario now. So, like, to kind of break it apart... The story starts, the episode starts with uh, the kid is in the attic watching Henry Deaver's old videotapes. Mm-hmm. And that just seems kind of weird. He's kind of going through his old like memorabilia of things mm-hmm. and like his old mementos. And that's when he's like wearing the suit. At some point, he's just kind of standing creepily outside the kitchen window. And yeah. Ruth is kind of like, your father's outside or something. Yeah. That. That's yeah. why he's wearing the suit. And he says to uh, Langborn. Pangborn. Pangborn. With a P. I don't know why I keep saying it with an L. Um, he keeps telling Lacey. Pangborn, like, hey, I need something from Pacey. Lacey's car. Yeah. And he was like, why? And I was like, well, do you want me to help her or not? Like, I need this thing. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it. He was like, fine, whatever. So then Pangborn goes on the little mission to the junkyard to look for the car. He pretty much gives up and he's like, it's not here. So he's going to leave. And then he sees it. So he like jumps on the the trailer that's hauling it. The driver's like, "Hey, what are you doing? Get off!" And he's yeah. like, "I'll give you like two hundred bucks for this car." And he's like, "Dude, no, get off my 500. car!" Five hundred. Yeah, and he starts to get confrontational, and then Pangborn just pulls out the gun and says, "Look, I'm taking this car," <laughs> which to me is like, okay, he obviously leaves at some point. But the guy call the cops, right? Yeah, does the guy doesn't just call the cops at that point? He and made then, arrangements to bring it. The yeah, next day. exactly. The, the yeah. car is gonna be delivered the next day. He's like, well, the guy still owns a gun, so he could come after me at any point. Like, I guess. What's the conversation after that? Well, I understand, pal. You really want this car? Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll bring it to your house. Like what? <laughs> I was like, I'll give you five hundred bucks, or I'll shoot you. You yeah. pick. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? I'm gonna go with I'm the five hundred. This car, one way or the other. Cake or death. But so was. Did Does the kid actually need the car, or was it just a way of getting him away from the house? Well, as it turns out... Both? Yes, maybe? because when uh, Pangborn comes back, the, that's when we kind of jump to a few other things. That's when, during that time, the kid gets taken to the uh, mental hospital, and then he comes back. Right. And we don't know how or what happened or anything. He's just back. And then we don't see him again until the end of the episode when Pangborn arrives and... The kid is outside and he says, all right, I got this thing that you wanted from the car. The rest of the car will be here tomorrow. Like, What was the thing? Uh, he had like something in his hand, like a piece of paper or something. Oh, I, don't I, know did, if it I was, didn't even realize that. I, I, I don't remember that either. Yeah, he had something in his hand and he says, or maybe it was just like, like his slip. The toe bill the that like, oh, it's going to come back the toe bill or yeah. the, the pink slip or something. Yeah. So he has it and he... Pangborn basically says, like, so what are we going to do when we get it? And he says, make a monument to Lacey. That's right. The man that you helped imprison me for whatever, 27 years. Yeah, it's Why'd you it. leave me in the trunk? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like, it and was everybody. Like, I'm, I'm good. Everybody that helped him keep me in that cell for It's going to pay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's when Pangborn's like, uh-oh. Like, <laughs> and then he notices the <laughs> blood. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> he notices the blood running down his, the kid's hand. And he runs inside the house and he starts looking for Ruth and Ruth is nowhere to be found, but it definitely looks like there was a struggle. Cause there's, there's a stuff record just plane. Yeah. Stuff is everywhere. Stuff's and on a, fire. A, a little on bit ago, they, they were showing a passage of time for sure. Cause they had the record 
playing at the end of it and mm-hmm. looping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the food that was on the the stove was just all burnt to a crisp. Right. And the whole thing sounded really creepy, too, with the record repeating the where, right where it was. It, it was, was good. like, man, this is turning into Silent Hill. Yeah. <laughs> but so then that's uh, still jumping around a lot because Ruth had her own little mini storyline going on in this episode, too. So Henry also brought his son Wendell up to to spend time with him, as what? we saw in the last episode. What was the purpose? Of- so random. The idea, I think the 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 thing was is that when so when they mentioned it to him or mentioned it to us as the as the audience last last week that he has a son, and we found that out. He's like, oh yeah, I should probably spend more time with him. So the uh, idea is the, to the- have him come visit there see grandma kind of thing because mm-hmm. he's going to be spending a little bit more time up there do you think that it was like I, I don't know if it was mentioned at all or anything but do you think he's supposed to be bringing the kid to see his grandma because i mean because she's Gra- gonna be passing away yeah grammy's not long for this world yeah i i honestly think that's the reason why uh but which they're, they're not very close because the son's very kind of like yeah whatever i'm playing games and the dad or Henry keeps trying to, you know, bond with him. It's like, oh, what is that? Is that VR? It's like, AR. No, Dad. It's <laughs> AR. VR needs goggles. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's a kid that doesn't respect his old man. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe his old man is not part of his life that much. And I think that's, yeah, that's part of the point they're making. Yeah. Like, you know, you have a son that you you rarely see or know and all of that. But... Um, so, kind of sticking primarily to Ruth's storyline, the episode, I believe, begins with her being brought back home from the hospital. Uh, they were giving her that same cognitive memory test that we've already seen twice before now mm-hmm. uh, for Henry and the kid. Right. And she doesn't even, like, they don't even show her trying to guess the, or to say the words back. That yeah. They tell you, say these words in any order you want. Mm-hmm. She's just, like, quiet. And um, so they bring her back, and Pangborn's like, we're going to make you all bright and all better. And you see her take out, like, this set of, like, large, kind of fancy-ish chess pieces. That were given to her as a gift in the previous episode? Yeah. Yes. And, and the idea was that, that they're supposed to help her strengthen her memory. Uh-huh. Yeah, because she know well... Um, playing that, chess. That- yeah, they say in the last episode, playing chess helps strengthen your memory mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But she's using it in a different way. Because she just got it, so it's this time. So, yeah. So, she's taking the pieces out, stuffing them in her pocket. And then you come to find out later when Ruth is playing chess with... Uh, Wendell. With Wendell. And they're using things like Tabasco sauce and salt shakers and stuff as replacement pieces. Because she's putting them as markers around the house, I guess. Yeah. In different rooms. And she explains something very interesting. Probably the most compelling aspect of this episode for me, was her just kind of confiding in Wendell that she's having some kind of uh, like bicameral mind situation where she's noticing lapses in reality. But if she finds a piece of, like a chess piece that she hid, then that means that she's in the present time right. or the present world. Right. Which means like what happens when this isn't the present world or how does that manifest itself to her? <laughs> but it would explain a lot about how she's kind of jumping around in time and space. And they mentioned that a couple times in this episode. Different people mentioned time and space. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's just kind of interesting. It's, it's basically she mentions it kind of like uh, following breadcrumbs back mm-hmm. to reality, which visually correlated to something that uh, Henry Henry was doing. (laughs) So earlier in the episode, again, this one just jumps around a lot with the different characters. Earlier in the episode, when you see uh, the kid watching the old VHS tapes in the attic, somehow that gives Henry Deaver the idea 
I was like, oh, um, I don't remember going on that hike, but I can take that VHS tape with me and play it and basically follow in my own footsteps. Mm-hmm. Because his dad says something about a weird sound in it. He's like, was dad okay? Or was he cuckoo? Yeah. Um, they mentioned that, like, he mentions to Molly that his dad during those walks was just saying really insane things. And then Molly starts laying it on him that, you know, as an empath, she could feel a lot of his feelings, especially around him and how he wanted to really, like he hated his dad. And he was that, happy when he died. That, yeah, he felt relief when his dad died and that she helped kill him through, like with her help, with his mm-hmm. help. With his help, yeah. Yeah, and he's just like appalled. He's like, I can't believe he's hearing this. He's like, you're just... Like, you're crazy. Like, that's just the weirdest thing I've ever heard. He's going back to the, I don't believe that you have these powers kind of thing, too. Yeah. Because for a while there, he seemed like he was on board. Like, he was like a hop, skip, and a jump from being like, can you tell me what my memories are with your powers? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and she's starting to have more vivid hallucinations of, like, the scary priest that she killed or the the pastor. Right. So she starts taking more meds to kind of help knock it down mm-hmm. and that could also be like stunting her power a little bit Probably. so like she's not at her full potential where she could be of more assistance to him like he's pushing her more and more it's like oh if you really have this power like let's use it i need this and she's like well it, it doesn't really work like that you know it's it's much more subtle so he's frustrated and kind of finds her useless so he starts retracing his own steps which leads us to at some point he comes across a couple that he saw earlier during the burial for his father. The reburial. The reburial, the reinteration. Yeah. And um, this was uh, just a random old black guy and a young kind of hippie-looking white guy played by Rory Culkin. Rory Culkin. <laughs> and um, it turns out the old man is deaf, but as uh, the interpreter, Rory... I think his name is Willie in the show. I that think so. Right. Yeah. He, was, um, Branch was the the old man. Yeah, Odin Branch. Odin Branch, yeah. He what ex- his name? <laughs> he explains like, oh yeah, I can't hear. I'm deaf, but I can hear. And it's the voice of God. And he tells him how Henry can also hear if he just listens. Uh, but the tinnitus gets in the way. You know, like all the there's too much noise in the world and he it doesn't allow him to hear the voice of God. So he basically gets suckered into getting shut in, like locked with like a combination lock in a soundproof room, basically, Mm -hmm. like an anechoic chamber, which as anybody with tinnitus might actually know, that's the worst thing you can do if you have tinnitus. (laughs) That'll just drive you insane. And uh, yeah, that kind of seems like that's what starts happening right away. It's just... uh, But the idea that the old man is saying is that once you get past that, you're going to be able to... The, the fact that you don't hear anything else is that your tinnitus isn't actually tinnitus. It's it's your way of talking straight to God, to listening straight to God. Yeah. The, the, and that's kind of, uh, you got to assume that's what the, the reverend, his his adopted father, was doing out in the woods, is like taking him into a place that was a far away from all the, the noises that you would hear in city and, you know, around other people and stuff. So, well, there was a lot of references to people hearing the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've heard Lacey say early on is that he asked God for a sign and he told them to do what he did with the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, I think at some point Pangborn said something similar. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of like, you know, listening to, you know, what other voices tell you. And, 
it just seems like uh i was going somewhere with that but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so he can't hear because of his tinnitus he just kind of shuts it out he pretends it's not there Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's definitely something that like this and that's why this is called the filter like it's gonna filter out all the noise um in order to to get what is trying to get communicated to him it's an, it's an interesting one they said that his dad invented the thing or this, at least like, came up with the idea and uh, yeah he was trying to invent it but uh, but branch was the one that perfected it mm-hmm. uh, and that guy he's not deaf normally no he made himself that way right the, the, like when he walked up he walked up on him with like two like i don't know like marshmallow hot dog cooking sticks yeah and like then skewers, they were in the fire skewers, yeah. yeah and i even thought about i was like man like if like sticking those hot pokers in your ear was the cure for tinnitus, like sign me up. So, do you think that's that's what was uh, about to happen? Was that they were he was gonna uh, they, they say put it, it into Willie's ears? They, they said he said he was out there to correct him, uh, and then he says after I corrected myself, and he he does like this little like poking himself in the ears motion with his hands <laughs> right before they they lock him into the anechoic chamber, and that's why he's like, wait, you you did that to yourself, and then and it spins, you know, <laughs> done. He said something. Didn't he say something about uh, "I'm not deaf, I'm perfect"? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's. I mean, that explains why Willie's very much like in fear of that room. Yeah. When they're in there, and and as I would assume because he does. I, why do Why do you think that he's the apprentice to this guy? Yeah. Yeah, he mentioned he's his protege. Yeah, yeah, but why? Like, what made him? What came? Why did he come across him? He's just like, hey, you're a crazy old man. Why didn't I do the same thing you do? I, f- I feel like he just came on as his interpreter at some point in time, and he was just there for a he long just while. Never allowed to leave. Yeah. I think, much like the relationship between Danny Torrance and uh, the groundskeeper from The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a situation where you have the older, more experienced person that knows about this power and someone that's just barely starting to like figure out that they can do this or they have this something special, unique ability. And you need somebody that's older to kind of teach you about it, to show you how it, what, what it is, how it works. And I think that's what we're seeing there. And, and no coincidence, obviously, they, the, your, your older magical black man gives a name to what it is that uh, hen- is affli- afflicting Henry. What was it the scrunch? The, sc- a- the scrin or something like that? Is uh, he, no, he, he's he's um schism. Was it schism? schism. That, that's what I took from it. I no, think that's, that's, what, what, that's what I remember. Right. But I mean, obviously, it's a very much like the the shining. You yep. know, the old, the old black man, and that says, "Oh, your, your kid's got the shining." Because <laughs> that's uh, in the shining. He basically says, "It's uh, what was it, Scatman Crothers?" Yep. He says, um. Yeah, my grandma, she called it the shining. And it could be interpreted that that's just, you know, it's the same thing with just different names based on colloquialisms or, um, you know, some something else that tied to it. Soda versus pop. They're the same thing. Yeah. Buggy versus car. Yeah, but the two powers are different though, right? Well, we don't really know yet because uh, in the shining, there was definitely um, empathetic telepathicness and being able to see spirits and stuff so it's like a little bit of everything it's it's depends i see i didn't i didn't think the schism was uh anything anything like that i thought i thought it was literally just being able to talk to god maybe the thing that they process as being god is something that like is just from someone else the empathy thing okay i don't know 
what what one person thinks is being like from this thing they're just predisposed to thinking it's from something else because of having been raised in a church or something not any church but in a spiritual household (laughs) 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 non-denominational so yeah as we saw at the end of the episode henry is trapped inside the the room and uh going through a lot of pain as his tinnitus is obviously driving him crazy because he can't hear anything else he can't drown he can't drown out that sound I really hated that end sequence. That was <laughs> awful. It was rough. One thing with the uh, with Pangborn going into the house looking for Ruth, we also don't see Wendell in the house. So you think that's the blood? Maybe I, I'm thinking or something think happened that, to that kid too. I didn't think about that. That would suck. He was too busy with his augmented reality to not pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Kids and phones, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you, so do you think that's uh? Uh, for Bill Skarsgård, do you think that's the kid's blood running down his arm, or is that? Well, I think it's his blood. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's Bill Skarsgård's blood. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Now, kind of a callback to the previous episode. I think it was the previous episode. Um, I thought it was interesting when the kid said that, "Oh, we're gonna make a monument to Lacey." Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting because in the previous episode, we saw that he made a monument, and I'm assuming it was to Lacey out of a bar of soap. When he made that little carving and he oh. put it in that town model. Oh, I thought that was supposed to represent uh, the, mom. the mom when she jumped, jumped off the bridge. Uh, it looked very masculine to me. I thought it was... Um, I, I, I thought, especially because of what he said in this episode, I was like, oh, maybe that was like maybe a literal representation of making a monument tour for uh, Lacey. It could be. I <clears> just it just To me, it's just because he placed it on the bridge. So I have some big questions about what the mom's whole thing is supposed to be um we talked about it while watching the episode whether she's actually bouncing through time or whatever mm-hmm. um because she also did say something about like connecting the dog that was there barking in like the current time to Cujo, presumably right but my big question for that is like she said it's just that damn dog you know right but nothing was happening in current times with the dog no so unless she was just somewhere else right. mentally she just seems like she's just unhinged. What if the I mean, what if it's implying that all people that you know get dementia are kind of unstuck from time? It's definitely a question. I mean, I mean, at, at least internally they they would be right. Yeah, definitely internally. Uh, the relationship she has with Wendell, obviously she she's very much in love with her her grandson, mm-hmm. but. I, the way she talks to him is obviously is that the way that you normally see grandmas talk to grandsons kind of thing. In what I, way? I thought was it well, like so he goes when he asks, uh, uh, "What's the story with the missing chess pieces?" And he goes, "Can I tell you something?" And you make sure not to say it to anybody else. Which, but, she, well, she she says specifically, "Can you keep your mouth shut?" Yeah, keep your mouth. That's <laughs> thank you. That's yeah. the wording that was like because normally you'd be like, "You think you could keep it a secret?" Yeah, and you kind of like lean into it like yeah. a little kid. Yeah, but with the but she's like, "Can you keep your mouth shut about it?" Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, sure." Like that's the thing that got me. Like well, the choice th- of dialogue there. Do you think that's a product of? The idea of her being unhinged from time. She I think sees so. future also. Yeah. Ooh, maybe that tells us something about that kid surviving then. If Ooh. he does indeed survive. Maybe. I don't know. Because that's how you would talk to someone that's like, um, I guess, a peer. Right. You know? Now, Versus someone that you're over. The only Stephen King story that I know of that kind of has to deal with time travel was would be the, the Langoliers, right? I don't know. Then there's 11... 
2363. Oh, that's true, yeah. That one's actually time travel. Right, that is actually The other one is more about going outside of the flow of time. Right. But not, like, you don't really go in the past or the future. You just kind of go into, like, the limbo or, like, the waiting room for time. It's really weird. So... It being Stephen King, do we are we gonna should we expect any uh, tie-ins with those two stories or just t- time travel in general? I don't know. We'll hear about it on the radio. We, will we hear about it on the radio? Man <laughs> stepped out of a diner closet today. Says he's from twenty-five years in the future. <laughs> yeah, man gains uh, twenty-five years worth of cancer in two minutes. That's right. <laughs> Actually, that would explain uh, what happened to that prison. The Nazi there, prisoner, that's true. The there you Nazi. Go. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Because there's definitely some time stuff if that kid is living outside of time and that he looks the same age the whole time. Exactly. So. And maybe the way he can help her is by pulling her out of that out of sync time thing. He's pulling like a more collected version of her yeah. into now. So do you think that it's going to be some kind of misunderstanding? Like him being outside, half, you know, his arm bleeding and stuff like that and the big mess that's inside. Like, are we interpreting it wrong that maybe that he didn't actually try and hurt her uh maybe he tried to save her or something yeah something tried to happen like maybe she went crazy and tried to kill like Wendell, Wendell and him and him yeah because i mean if he looks like her dead husband and Wendell, we made the comment that Wendell looks a lot like the younger version of henry oh mm. and so maybe she did try to protect him back in the day and so she thinks she she perceives herself as protecting uh Wendell from the father the dad again. yeah Maybe. And that's the reason she doesn't talk about stuff. Yep. It's not a, it's not a bad idea. Any any other theories, anything else you want to talk about for this episode? No, just what you said earlier that I really hate that they don't show you the interesting stuff. Like what the hell happened at that <laughs> insane asylum with the dead birds that are like fall out of the sky like it's nothing and how like why did he come back? How did he get back? Like yeah. it's just I mean, you clearly see that Henry had to drive him there, like a certain distance, and he just reappears. Yeah. Was the person on the phone talking to Molly a different person, or like like looking for real estate, or was that that same teacher guy from the previous episode? I don't think it was the same teacher guy. I'm I'm literally I'm I want to go look that up too because last week's episode, the person that was about uh, that was talking to the warden about letting the kid go mm-hmm. like that was Richard Schiff. He, he was the, the voice on the other end, but yet he's not going to be in any other episodes according to mm-hmm. his IMDb. Now are, is that a thing that they're going to do in the shows? Like, uh, ca- cast notable names as people on the other end of, you know, phone calls. They're, they're and, a Fraser. Like yeah. Fraser. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that happened in Fraser. <laughs> yeah. Nicole, yeah. and Jillian. Anderson. I never watched that show. Yeah. And then, uh, what's, um, Frodo. He was in there as Elijah a little Wood. kid. Yeah. Elijah Wood. Uh, I mean, I'm not seeing anything about any kind of callers or anything like that. So I don't voice know. Voice on the phone. Vo- yeah, voice on the townsperson. Because if, if it's not the same person, then the stuff that's happening there, including with the insane asylum or whatever that place is categorized as. Um, Juniper Hill. Yeah, San, San Junipero Hill. Yeah, San Junipero. Uh, but yeah, no, um, what, whatever's happening there has already gotten out to the outside public, if that is someone else. Because they, they specifically ask, like, oh, with like, the recent stuff that's been going on there. And then they also reference the fires after, like, they're two separate things. Right. So, curious. What if there's a fire starter in this, in this, Ooh, in this world? That's a possibility, too. Ooh. Bring back uh, Drew Barrymore. 
<laughs> I mean, they should. That'd be awesome. I don't think she's doing anything right now. She's she's busy. Isn't she? Who who is she married to? Oh, she's in that one show on Netflix. The oh uh, yeah, the Santa, Santa Clarita, Clarita Diet. Diet. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. I don't know who she's married to. She, I'm, I'm thinking of someone. The person who's married to uh, Fat Damon from oh Kirsten Dunst. Is that who that is? Okay, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, Sorry, I'm sorry for calling him Fat Damon. It's just the easiest way to reference it to everyone. I I, I, I don't know if calling him Meth Damon's any better. So, <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, are, you say Meth Damon, and I know who you're talking about. <laughs> but Fat Matt Damon, you don't know, or Fat Damon? Yeah, I don't know. So well, in, in that episode Matt of Black Mirror. Matt Damon. <laughs> uh, all right. So, it, Interest in this show has gone up, gone down, stayed the same since the last episode. It's, it hasn't moved the needle at all for me. <laughs> it stayed the same, but I'm like, please, like, stop doing this where you just jump around like that just to try to make it interesting. Like, <laughs> there's got to be a better way to tell a compelling story. I just like they're they're doing too much lost for me right now. <laughs> episode ten is just going to be all the stuff that they didn't show you. It's just going to be in yeah. order. I don't. I'm. I think we already saw that, like a kind of a sneak preview of next episode is going to yeah. be like all flashbacks of Ruth. Yeah. So we're going to see a lot of why she is the way she is and understand her, like quirkiness a little bit more. That I'm actually interested in because if we get to see the way that she experiences time, like Doctor Manhattan style or whatever it is, that like, would be interesting. Yeah, like that I'm am interested in, but. Man, this show makes it really hard to like it. Yeah, it <laughs> I want to like it, but it's like it's, it, it's another one. It's like I can't believe so many people were just were so infatuated with it and, and saying it was great. Like, I, it just makes me think that the last two episodes have to be really fucking good. I'm just so I'm so perplexed because people talk about this show like it's a great show and everything, but then if you try to get someone to watch anything that has any real complexity to follow, they they, they can't check out. It. Yeah, but for some reason, the show has this huge follow. I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get a I'm lot so of hate perplexed. about this, but I think it's the same thing that that like you get with uh, Breaking Bad. I think it it has this idea that it's really smart, and people think that they're really smart because they get it, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's it's very surface. I'll go for that. And 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 it's it's just it it makes people feel better about themselves, like feeling like oh like there's something more that I'm not getting. Right. So they feel like oh no, there's so much here. You're just not getting it. You're just not getting it. There's not a lot to get. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that's good for this episode. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-R. John is also on Twitter. I am at Magic Bollocks. Where can they find you this week, Stephen? Uh, find me on the internet on PlayStation Network, uh, Peppermint Gent, to do that stuff. Uh, normally, you can find me on a uh, Twitch channel called mod 20 gaming but we just had our in-person live season finale for this for this week coming back when um i don't know i think it's like two or three weeks we have to wait the, for twitch to renew you yes kind of thing? okay <laughs> yeah. we're, we're waiting for a new season order you know with the with the handle like that you're wasting your life if you don't have like a red and white striped suit why because you're peppermint oh dude, I, i've tried it. i can't lean into it i like spearmint better but peppermint rolls off the tongue better <laughs> <laughs> Spearmint is the superior man. Also, would agree. <laughs> but I want to see you like a really fancy candy cane. Just, hey. <laughs> wow. Uh, the rest of Geekly Radio is at Geekly Radio on Twitter, at Geekly Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Radio is our Facebook page, and Geekly Radio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekly Radio Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geekly Radio Network saying always remember to Geek, geek out. out.
We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.